0: Habit Helps podcast at Creekside Community Church in San Leandro, California, where we are talking about how habits build you and we are trying to help you build better habits. I'm Jeff Bruce, one of the pastors here, and I am joined once again by my personal habit hero, my dad. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning. How are you, Dad? I'm good. I'm yeah? good.
1: Yeah. Still a sheltering in place.
0: Yeah? Which uh,
1: feels like a lot like not sheltering in place to me. <laughs> <laughs>
0: The new normal the new here normal. on day 1506 Exactly. Shelter-in-Place. So, yeah. Cool. So for the fa- uh, past few episodes, we've been talking about this habit of biblical intake, of hearing from Jesus in His Word daily, and we've devoted several episodes to discussing this habit because you and I believe that this is the master discipline of the Christian life, the one habit to rule them all. Right if I want to build the rhythms of Jesus into my life, my first step in doing that is hearing from Christ daily. And the way I hear from the living word, Jesus, is by looking at the written word of scripture. That is how this works. And so we have taken a considerable amount of time just giving you tips on how to create space in your life for the habit. We've talked about the rewards of building this habit. And then in our last episode, we spent a lot of time just talking about reading habits. How do you develop good reading habits when you engage Scripture so that you are looking intently at the Word of God, reading out what is there instead of reading in our own prejudices or biases or assumptions, looking intently, carefully observing, interpreting, applying what Scripture says. Now, my concern, Dad, at this point is that we have given people so much information— that it might be counterproductive. And and here's what I mean. We have given you, the listener, so many ideas of what to do that at this point, you might not know where to start. And so I think this is a good time to just reiterate something we said earlier. Start. Right. Start small. Right. Done is better than perfect (laughs) when it comes to developing a habit. Yeah carve out 15 minutes, even 10 minutes. And I would say, pick a gospel and read a paragraph. And even if you take 15 minutes, just jotting down some observations about the paragraph. And then the next day, going back and saying, okay, well, what's the point of the paragraph? and trying to formulate a big idea. And then the next day, going back and saying, okay, well, how would I apply this to my life? Where do I fall short? What lesson do I need to apply? Where do I need to repent? What do I need to believe? What specifically am I going to do? If you took Ten to fifteen minutes a day, and worked through a passage like that, that would have tremendous benefit in your life. Right, right. And,
1: and if, if if you're not doing that, any other efforts are going to f- are bound to fail because you're not starting with the source. Um, you can you can form new habits according to your own agenda. Oh, I'd like to be more of this, or I'd like to do less of this. But those aren't going to necessarily give you life, because you're not responding to God in those. And so by starting with the master habit, which is coming to Christ regularly and listening to what he has to say, he guides you on what new habits are you need to form or habits you need to break.
0: No, that's that's true. We have to keep the Word of God in mind, because we're trying to obey Scripture and experience the blessings of obedience. Yes. And so again, just start. Please just start. And the reason I belabor that point is this, that if you have been enjoying this podcast, but you haven't actually started getting in the book, we failed. And so please make a covenant with God and yourself and say, today I'm going to look in the book, strive for consistency rather than perfection. Anything else you'd like to add at this point, Dad?
1: No, I think that says it very well. It's just, um, you can't talk yourself out of it. You can't allow yourself, you know, we can always talk ourselves out of doing something that's difficult. Mm-hmm. So it's better just to, to purpose, okay, at this time, I'm going to open my Bible for 10 minutes right? and just see what happens.
0: Yep. Yeah. And, and then just a few reminders in terms of tips uh, for what you can do to build a sustainable habit in your life. I'd say the first step, just make it obvious. And for me, that means I put my Bible and my journal on my kitchen table the Mm -hmm. night before. Mm -hmm. That's my cue. Oh, I'm going to get up and I'm going to read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Make it attractive. Um, If you can tie an enjoyable experience to reading the Bible, which will become an enjoyable experience the more you do it, but if you can tether that to something you already like, it's a great way to form a habit. So for instance, if you like coffee, buy better coffee than you normally drink. (laughs) Or if you're a tea drinker, buy better tea than you normally drink, right? Treat yourself. Do something nice and say, when I read the Bible this morning, I'm going to brew that tea or I'm going to brew that coffee. And so you begin to associate the habit of Bible reading with something that is attractive. Maybe there's a place you love to be. Say, I'm going to go read the Bible in that place. Uh, Make it easy. Again, don't start big and don't beat yourself up if it didn't feel amazing at the beginning. And then make it satisfying. And maybe one way to do that would just be to track your progress. See how many days in a row you can be in the Word. And it is just human nature that as we are consistent, we are satisfied. Yeah. And that satisfaction rate goes up.
1: I've, I've seen that people who, who decide to do this first, first thing in the day, that it makes such a difference in how their day goes that it becomes a habit very quickly. Mm-hmm. If, if you just clear the decks, you say the very first thing I do is I'm going to put God first. I'm going to spend time with listening to him.
0: Mm-hmm. It
1: makes such a palatable difference each day than
0: days you don't that it becomes a habit very quickly. Yeah. So today we are going to talk more about internalizing the word. But before we do that, I have a question for you. It's a question I've been thinking about. It might not be a question you're thinking about, listeners, so if you don't find this interesting, that's fine, because sometimes I just feel like getting in an argument with my dad. (laughs) So in our last episode, Dad, I said that when it comes to reading scripture, there might be an area where we see things a little differently, and I'm not sure that we do, but I want to explore this more. So here is the question I have after our discussions. It seems like we have been assuming that the goal of Bible study is obedience, that the fruit of studying Scripture is that we would do what it says. And so how do we get there? Well, first we determine the meaning of the text, and we talked about how to do that, and then we talk about its implications for us, and then we develop habits. We train ourselves for righteousness uh, to implement the truth that a text is teaching. So we might come up with a reminder and a routine and a reward for obeying some biblical lesson. And I'm down with all of that. Here's my concern. Does this process of reading the Bible reduce the Christian life to simply another kind of self-improvement project? Isn't that just moral formation? In other words, is the goal of reading the Bible simply to develop Christ-like habits? And what about the goal being simply to build intimacy with Christ? to commune with Him, to gaze at His goodness and graciousness and His redemptive love for us. Isn't that the goal, to see Jesus as He is, who He is for us? And doesn't that act of gazing at Christ have the power to change us, apart from any regimen we might create to build habits from Scripture? So I said I had a question. That was like 27 questions. (laughs) But I've been trying to formulate this idea for like three weeks, and I'm still struggling with it. So do you mm-hmm. see what I'm getting at here? Yeah, yeah. Sort of the difference between reading the Bible as an end in itself, just to gaze at Christ and be with Him, versus reading the Bible to develop this sort of training regimen for our lives. What do you think about that?
1: I think that's good. I, I think that, yeah, if we if we just see the Bible as something that I come to, and i looking for lessons to apply in my life, we've missed a big reason for the Bible. And I, I think I, I go back to how you become a Christian. You become a Christian through faith and repentance. Yeah. In other words, I first of all have to learn about Christ. And as I believe what is true about Christ, that leads me then to repent of my unbelief and of all the ways I've been disobeying to Him. Right. We're really, we've been talking mainly about the repentance side because we're, we're constantly believing, we're constantly repenting. And so mm-hmm. we're looking for ways, okay, well, repentance is a change in behavior, so how do I change my behavior? That's what we've been focusing on. We haven't focused on the first step, the foundational step, which is the believe step. Right. The righteous shall live by faith. Yeah. And so if it's not motivated by faith, then I'm not, I'm not righteous. I'm not living a righteous life, even though I may be doing righteous things. Mm-hmm. And so I think the Bible, as you said, it's, it's formative in terms of developing our faith. Romans ten seventeen we know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Right. I can't believe something I don't first know. And mm-hmm. so the purpose of the Bible is to give me knowledge mm-hmm. of Christ and of God and of truth that I can believe. And then as I believe it, I repent
0: mm-hmm.
1: of unbelief in my life. Right. Um, However, I would I I think we've also been focusing on the human side of Bible study. Right. And maybe ignoring the divine side of Bible study because huh. because the Bible is a supernatural book. Yeah. It, it performs God's work in us who believe. Yeah. And we've who talked about that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It it renews or transforms us by the renewing of our mind. And and so a lot of the work that the Bible does, I believe, is below my conscious level. Yeah. Um Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword and piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both joints and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm -hmm. I'm not conscious of the division between my soul and my spirit. (laughs) But... I am dead. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) and And yet the Bible says God works in my soul and my spirit to that level. Yeah. When I'm not even aware of it. Um and and so I, I was talking to a guy yesterday and he had he is reading through the Bible. Yeah. He's just finished Leviticus the the colorful book of Leviticus, which is... uh, He made it through? He made it through. He's godlier than (laughs) I am, man. A lot of his (laughs) sheer discipline, and and, and now he's in numbers, and and all the censuses, and stuff like that. But he has been faithfully doing it, but it's been interesting that independent of that, he's really been thinking about mourning for his sins, and about how holy Mm. God is, and just had a new appreciation of God's holiness, and his lack of holiness, and the, the need to repent. And I think that's just because he's been faithfully in the Scripture, and the Spirit of God has been using his Word to produce changes in his mind and changes yeah. his heart. And so for me, it's just showing up every day. Right. I may not have a great insight. I may not learn something, but just the fact that I show up every day, I am placing myself under the Spirit's uh, control to to use the Word to transform me and to build my faith in the process.
0: Yeah. I like that. And I think that's really encouraging for readers that it isn't all up to us. No. This is a means of grace. That's the old term for it. The, the Bible is a means of God's grace in our lives. And it's an objective means of grace that, that it's just God is doing stuff Yeah, when we open the book apart from our conscious awareness. And what an encouragement to get in the book. Yeah. Uh, Because then I'm turning on the faucet and getting under it, Uh, and it's going to have an effect even if I don't realize it. So I like that. I think the other thing I'd want to return to, though, is that I agree that part of Christian growth is the intentional cultivation of habits and disciplines. You can't escape that from the New Testament. I am 100% bought in there. I think there's this element. What I'm getting at here is sort of a gospel fueled, or gospel shaped, or gospel motivated life. Mm-hmm. That you know, Paul says, "Whatever is not of faith is sin." That that every part of life is a response to who God is. Right. And the Bible would say we're always trusting in something. Yeah. Right. We're either trusting in the true God revealed in Jesus Christ or a false god, right. um, an idol in our life, and that's at the root of our issues. And so repentance, biblically, doesn't just mean I'm doing a bad thing, stop it, stop it, stop it, now do a good thing. It's I'm trusting in this false God. <laughs> it might be a substance, it might be a person, it might be an idea, like approval, but I'm trusting in that for my joy, and now I need to turn to the true God and see what he gives me, see what Christ gives me. And, and so the cultivation of faith is foundational to what it means to read the bible yeah you see what i'm saying and so i'm reading not just to figure out what i should do but even before that what christ has done and who he is and i think that's really important or you won't have the affection for christ to follow him or the motivation right you know and and i guess i want to return to this because the christian life becomes really frustrating when it's just about what i have to do for god rather than starting with, here is everything God has done for me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I would hate for people to bypass that step in the process. So, for example, a passage like Ephesians 5, about wives submitting to husbands and husbands loving wives, we won't get into all the particulars there, but you could read that passage and go, okay, got to be a better husband, got to be a better husband, got to be a better pu- husband, and actually miss the greater theological point, which is, love your spouse the way Christ has loved the church. And so Paul, what he's really saying there is look at Christ's love for you. Reflect on Christ's love for you. Then you'll find the pattern and the power um, to love your, your spouse. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, and, yeah. and how you can bypass that step if you go immediately to habit formation and don't fir- focus first on, on who Christ is for you.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, good, it's a good corrective that what do I need to believe so that I will practice this? because I can, I can practice something over and over again, but if I don't have a sufficient motivation to keep doing it, I won't keep doing it. Right. And, and, and the motivation is Christ and, and who he is and what he's done for us and what he's doing for us. Right. That's the only fuel. Yep. That will keep me moving forward. Otherwise, like you say, it just becomes another self improvement process. Yeah. And like most New Year's resolutions, I'll quickly forget it because I don't have the foundation that I've built a faith that I've built on.
0: Right. I like that, and I think in a future episode, it would be good to talk more about this issue of confession and repentance, Mm -hmm. and what it means not just to turn from a bad behavior to a good behavior, but from trusting in a false God, how to identify those in your own life, to trusting in the true God, Jesus, because that's going to shape the way we read the Bible as well.
1: Yeah, I don't don't think you can divorce those two. I I think it really is believe and repent, believe and repent. And and, and yeah. you, you cannot repent without believing. You cannot believe without <laughs> repenting. Yeah. But they are distinct steps in terms mm-hmm. of, of realizing. First of all, what is true? The most important thing is looking through the telescope from the right end, right? And so <laughs> that I'm looking, I'm seeing the big picture. I'm yep. seeing the 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 glory of Christ and what He's done and how much He loves us. Mm-hmm. Before then, I look at the microscope side of what about me and mm-hmm. how does this affect me and what, uh, what do I need to change in the way I think and how do I need to change in the way I behave if I really believe this.
0: That's good. And so as we're applying a text, here, here's a practical implication that flows from this. As we're thinking about how do I do this, I would say a prior step is do I believe this? Do I believe what this passage is teaching? Right. And then if I believed it, how would I live? Right. And so we're really not going to the fruit, but the root, the root of the issue. And then what belief am I going to have to form uh, in order to bear this good fruit? Right. What am I disbelieving about Jesus right now? Right. What have I forgotten? What what, what reminder do I need? So, um, because the righteous shall live by faith. All of our obedience is a response of faith. To your point, though, and I think it's a, a good one to reiterate. You can jump to obedience without understanding the faith motivation, but you can also just talk about faith and never get practical. Right, And I think that's a danger that Christians fall into as well, which is why we're doing this podcast to say, no, we have to be very intentional about how we're going to obey Yeah, and what we're going to do.
1: We're not going to settle for intellectual agreement. And it was I okay I believe that the Bible te- teaches it okay but do you really believe it because if mm-hmm. you're not if you're not living it according to the Bible you don't believe it maybe a way to put these t- two things together there was a, yeah. a study I read about recently where uh, it was tennis players and uh, when tennis players would would spend time watching like Pete Sampras or some of the top tennis players
0: play. Uh huh.
1: They when the next time they go out to play, they they played so much better. <laughs> not because they were intentionally trying. Okay, I'm going to do this different. I'm going to do this. But right. it's just because their minds were filled with this image of what good tennis playing looks mm-hmm. like. And I think that that's analogous to how we live the Christian life. Yeah. When we say husbands love your wives as Christ loves the church, that's not a list of. duties of, uh, (laughs) you know, uh, okay, I've got to do this, I've got to do this, it's check off, but it's more, how does Jesus love me? And the more I'm filled Mm -hmm. with the vision of how Christ loves me, the more
0: natural it becomes for me to love my wife in the same way. Exactly. And if I don't really believe that Christ loves me that sacrificially... it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Yeah. And so that's Good. Well, I think we probably agree. Okay. Maybe it's a matter of <laughs> emphasis, so shucks. You'll have to wait for future episodes where we get into heated, vociferous, <laughs> profanity-laden disagreements. Probably not. As, but, uh, <laughs> as, we, as we often do. As we often do. <laughs> um, cool. So, um, with that um, parenthetical conversation out of the way, let's talk about internalizing the word. Okay. We've talked about reading the word, but now I want to talk about taking the word with you wherever you go. Okay, and that really gets to this issue of memorizing and meditating on the word. These are different habits, but I think they're very closely interrelated. So, where would you start in talking about developing these habits?
1: Well, I'd like to start with meditation about what that actually means, and then memorization is a is a is a necessity, mm-hmm. I think, for for re- really good meditation. Yeah, um, and so. When we talk about meditation, uh, God promises incredible things for those who meditate on his word. Yeah. I, I start with Joshua eight. this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night so that mm. you may do all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have success. That's great, great promise there that if you think about the scripture all the time, yeah, you will do it. <laughs> and in doing it, you'll, your life will be greatly blessed. And, yeah. and, and that's a different way of looking at meditation than the typical Eastern meditation. In, in Eastern meditation, the idea is to empty your mind mm-hmm. by, by focusing on a, on a word or on your breathing. Um, uh, because the, the idea is that, that the belief that our conscious, rational mind is actually an impediment to experiencing...
0: Has to be bypassed yes, in some way. Yeah. Right?
1: Uh, but Christian meditation is fully using the mind that God has given us to think about Him mm-hmm. and what is revealed. Yeah, because uh, as Marcus Aurelius says, the thoughts of a man color his soul.
0: Hmm.
1: And and the, what I think about the most is what I'm gonna uh, live out the most is gonna change me. Mm-hmm. So that's why meditation is so important. Because the more I meditate on the truth, the more real the truth, and the more
0: controlling
1: the truth is going to become over my life.
0: That's good. And I think it's it's important to reiterate because that word meditation gets used so often now uh, that it's, it's good to draw a distinction, a clear distinction between what the Bible is talking about and maybe some of these ideas that are, are floating around in culture. And it made me think about the two Hebrew words for meditate. And one of these words is essentially getting at the mental aspect um, talking in the mind, right mm. so musing in the mind. but the other word uh, literally means to mutter or speak or read in an undertone. So mm. you know uh, if you're an external processor like me, you probably walk around kind of just you know you're you're thinking about things, you're chewing on things yeah. Yeah. and and that's the biblical idea of meditating is it's this conscious awareness of the word of God. And okay, what does that mean? What does that part really mean what does this what, what would it look like for me to do this and that's that's the point. It is not emptying your mind. It's filling your mind with um, God's thoughts. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. So
1: several practical ways that you can do this. And, right. And different things are for, good for different people. One is that when you read the Bible, always have a pen. Yes. And, and uh, write down what you, grabs your attention, and write then why it grabbed your attention. Write down what you're learning, what God's teaching you. Because I find writing itself is just a valuable tool for me to sort my thoughts through, and to to really clarify what I'm really thinking about. And I mm-hmm. find as I do that, the spirit begins to work on me as I write. So yeah. I think I think in our culture, writing or typing uh, is a great tool for meditation.
0: Yeah, and at just a neurological level, if you engage another sense like writing, something tactile, you're more likely to remember what you're thinking about because you're activating more parts of your brain. Exactly. Exactly.
1: A second way to meditate that I find helpful is to preach to yourself. Um, huh. You know, it's, it's uh, you don't want to listen to yourself, you want to preach to yourself right. as you're introducing. And so I find it just to, to think, if I'm in a teach this passage to someone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, how would I teach it? How would I be explaining this and be explaining the passage to myself? And as I do that, I find I get more and more insights, and it, and that passage just creates deeper grooves in my brain. Um, I understand more and more uh, about it.
0: So, yeah. That's the classic Martin Lloyd-Jones quote of, much of our misery comes from listening to ourselves rather than talking to ourselves. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So,
0: so just to to
1: take control of your mind, rather than be controlled by your mind, and say, okay, well, here's the scripture I'm thinking about today, and and what does that mean, self, and and (laughs) uh, and uh, what does it mean to rest in the Lord, and and and, and to be explaining it to yourself. Uh, The third thing way of meditating I found is is to just to go over in your mind verses you've memorized. We'll talk about memorizing a little bit, Mm -hmm. but as you go over them in your mind, not just to go over them by rote. But to emphasize each word and to see what meaning you get out of, out of emphasizing each word. Because when you, when you emphasize different words of a verse, you get different insights into it. Hmm. Um, For God so loved the world. For God, well, who's God? Hmm. So lo- what does it mean that God loved the world? The world, well, who's He talking about? Who does, right. who does God love? And so just emphasizing the different words of a verse uh, as you're thinking, as you're walking, or whatever, is a really practical way to
0: get deeper insights into the Scripture and to apply them to your life. That's good. A couple thoughts about this that I would tag on. All of these habits bleed into each other Mm -hmm. when we're talking about the Bible. And so just as an encouragement to listeners, you think, oh, man, they keep adding things. Well, no, if you write down observations, interpretations, applications from text, those are great ways to meditate on the Word of God and make you more likely to do them as well. The other thing that I find really convicting about this is there is a theme throughout Scripture that the, the Scriptures are something... That we are supposed to be continually mindful of, filling our mind with. Um, Psalm Mm one is probably the classic text. Uh, You know, blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of sinners, walks or walks the way of sinners. You can recite it, I can't. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I need to get better at it. I had it memorized at one point. You know, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law, he meditates both day and night. And so there are periods throughout the day. I think is the point of that expression where I'm calling the word to mind and being contemplative, reflecting on it. And it reminds me of a story. I had a good buddy who had a really radical experience of conversion, uh, just saved out of craziness and was on fire the minute he came to know Christ. And so... Uh, One thing I love about younger believers is they have a better sense sometimes of how to obey the Bible than we do because they're not inoculated through their disobedience to it. And so he was reading Psalm 1 about meditating day and night, and he's like, well, I got to meditate during the day, but how do I do that at night? I don't know how to do that. And so he memorized Psalm 1 and meditated on it for weeks and weeks, and finally he started having dreams <laughs> about Psalm 1, and he went to his pastor. He said, I'm meditating on it day and night. This is great. And it it was so convicting to me because I thought, man, when's the last time I dreamed about the Bible? When's the last time that was my um, yeah. kind of subconscious? Yeah, yeah. But again, the Bible would say that that's how we become Christ-like. Right is by internalizing and chewing on the Word of God. Um, I'm trying to memorize Philippians right now, and uh, Paul says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And then he says right after that in verse 9, which is interesting, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, right. and the God of peace will be with you. And I think what Paul is saying there is you have seen the example of how to dwell on the things of God. Now you go put that into practice, too. Right, right.
1: Now I think it's so easy to compare yourself with other believers, and you say, well, I read my Bible every day, unlike most believers, or I study my Bible every day. But that's still falling far short of, of the goal. The goal is to be thinking about the Bible throughout the day and, and, uh, and have it on your mind to be meditating on it so that this is the, the chief
0: thing you're, uh, that, that fills, your, fills your thoughts. Yeah, and that isn't to discourage you. It's actually to say, hey, this is going to be a lifelong process. Exactly. We can always grow in yeah. cultivating this kind of mindset. It's also an opportunity for me to ask, okay, what things do I dwell on instead? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I've heard somebody somebody say that uh, some people's minds are so open that they need to be closed for repairs <laughs> and, uh, and I think that that's the case that if we just let anything come in and kind of flow through well that's reflects how we live and how we think but to be intentional about what we think about and how we what fills our minds is is very valuable.
0: yeah and there are a lot of scriptures about uh, thinking about your thinking
1: yeah exactly exactly.
0: Good. Any other thoughts on on memorization and how to do this, or it, meditation and, and how to do this? That's about all I,
1: I was thinking about for meditation.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about memorization. I think to be like Jesus, if our goal
1: is to really be disciples of Jesus, you got to memorize the Bible. Because yeah. Jesus memorized the Bible. I mean, you know, he constantly, at the temptations, uh, it is it is written. It is written. Whenever he's confronting uh, his, his enemies, have you not read? It is written, and stuff like that. You get into Acts to see Jesus' disciples, and they are, in their sermons, they are just rattling off long passages of Scripture. right? They, they all bled Bible, Jesus yeah. and his disciples. And so I think for us, even though memorization is not a common discipline in,
0: with Christians today, it's a necessary discipline. Um, That's good. I feel like we have some disadvantages in memorizing that they didn't have. Distractions? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the studies on how technology has caused our ability to focus to atrophy, Mm -hmm. um, this is a real struggle. Yeah. 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 Because our attention is always being hijacked. Yeah. Yeah. By different things. And memorization is all about paying careful attention. And so how do you memorize?
1: I think uh, just a few little tips that I've found helpful. is One is be consistent. Yeah. It's just, it's like anything else. If you just will devote a few minutes every day to it, mm-hmm. um, you'll get, you'll, you'll make a lot of ground. It's, it, this is something that so, takes so much mental energy that you can't do it for long. So mm-hmm. These are these are kind of like wind sprints. Yep. You know, you just you, you do them consistently, but you only do a few. Right. Um, so do it that way. I would strive for mastery rather than volume. In other words, yes. it's Better to have just a few verses that are I really know down cold. That if you ask me, uh, uh, can you can you quote can you quote quote Philippians one twelve? Bam, right. it's it's right there. Right. Because now Philippians one twelve may be the only verse I've learned the, right. in the last month, mm-hmm. but that is far more profitable, i found, than what I try to do is go for volume, and I try to ver- <laughs> do a new verse every day. But if you ask me recite all the verses you've had in the last month, I would not be able to do it. Yeah.
0: And, and I think we've all had that experience of talking to someone, they go, you know, it's like that one passage in the Bible where, you know, Jesus is... Talking to a... And then you realize you, you really have not a clear idea what the passage is saying. Right. And so, yeah, knowing exactly what the text says. Yeah. and,
1: and being willing to go over it as often. So right now, I'm trying to memorize Isaiah 43, hmm. because it's a great passage on fear. Yeah. And I am having... A heck of a time getting yeah. it down. For some reason, I just think maybe it's my age. I don't know, but I'm just having a hard time. But I've been on the on verse one and two for the last couple of weeks, yeah. just trying to get it down. And it's finally starting. I think it's because I'm not meditating on it. If I have meditated on it more, I I would probably have it. Yeah. But but it's just it's a it's a lot of work. And uh, so I, along that line, I think it's I would d- suggest people do what you're doing, which is to memorize chapters or books.
0: Yeah. And and as
1: opposed to isolated verses simply because- Even
0: if it takes a very long time. And just as an encouragement to listeners, I know I just said I'm memorizing Philippians. I've been trying to memorize Philippians since last July, June or July. And I'm just now getting to the point almost in June where I feel like I might have the whole book, Yeah, but I'm still reviewing it a lot. Yeah. And so you do make real progress but take it slow and that's okay. But once you've got
1: the verses around it memorized, yeah. it's just a lot easier to once you, all you have to get get the thing passage started and then it just flows as opposed to having an isolated verse here memorized and isolated verse there memorized. I don't know how you how you remember those. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, so for memory it's hard. But it's also hard for remembering the meaning of the text because yeah. texts mean what they mean because of the context they're used in. Yeah. And so if you only memorize just a disparate section of verses, now that's way better than not memorizing scripture. I don't want you to get the wrong idea. That's yeah. great. But often what I've found is I miss the power yeah. of the passage because I'm not aware of what it means in the context. So great. Memorize John 3.16. But I'll tell you what, if you memorized John 3... Yeah the 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 significance of John three sixteen to your life would take on yeah uh, it would take on a whole greater significance yeah yeah
1: so if you're gonna be if you're gonna embrace memorizing as a regular habit right then you might as well memorize chapters or books uh, it's it's gonna serve you well in the future
0: yeah so what you'd say better to memorize John one through John 1, 1 through 18, the prologue to John's Gospel, than to just find 18 verses and memorize them. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It'll be hard
1: to remember those. A lot easier to remember John 1, 1 through 18, than it would be to 18 different verses.
0: Yeah. And then what a rich understanding you already have of the book of John. Right. If you've memorized that. And you can think about the portrayal of Christ and reflect on that. Um, So. Just,
1: just in terms one other tip, and I learned this from Holy Hubert at Berkeley. He was a street preacher who had memorized the entire Bible. <laughs> no, he didn't. He really did. He had memorized the, the entire Bible. You,
0: <laughs> that's ridiculous. You, he, he, that's... He, he
1: had. You could I we were amazed. Did he
0: refer to himself as Holy Hubert? I don't know. Everybody else
1: did. He called <laughs> he called himself Hubert, but
0: uh I would, I mean, that's just gotta be a nickname, right? Oh, because that his, yeah, that was his nickname.
1: I Hi, I'm Holy Hubert. I've memorized the entire Bible. Well he did, but he he did. He he taught us. He taught us <laughs> revelation. One, Max one. is saying
0: humble Hubert was yeah. his <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway, he taught yeah. us
1: this way to, to memorize it. And he said, you say the verse out loud three times as you read it. Yeah. You write the verse three times with your Bible open and say it out loud as you write it. Hmm. Then you close your Bible and write it three times. And, and and say it, and you've got it. Yeah. And I find that just it, having a specific plan for what you're going to do, when you're going to say, what you're going to write, when you're going to test yourself, you'll get a lot more done than just trying to uh, have kind of a vague idea of what memorizing is, just keep going over it and over it and mm-hmm. over it again. So that's that's what else. So yeah. say it with your Bible open, and read it out loud three mm-hmm. times, in other words, read it and write it, three times, and then close your Bible and read it and write it three times, and you've got it.
0: Yeah. That's good. What I do is just three-by-five cards, mm. and that works for me because I can really build it yeah. uh, and keep reviewing. Keep and so That's flashcards great. worked for me <laughs> for remembering things. In college, just create a, a, a little you know, Rolodex of the three-by-five cards and then work through them and keep working through the same ones. And it's amazing. The more you do it, you develop these mental grooves. Yeah. It's an amazing thing. yeah. And so you don't have to exert as much effort trying to, to remember what, what the verses say. Exactly.
1: And, and really, the more you just are reading the Bible, you'll be amazed at how much of it you can remember. Just yeah. not even having made the effort to actually memorize it, you'll remember it because you've gone through it so many times.
0: Yeah, that's great. Good, well that's a great place to leave off. We have talked a lot about reading the Bible, the role of faith, internalizing, and again, I would end where we began with the encouragement, just start. Yeah. Just start. Take 10 minutes, take 15 minutes. And um, yeah, and the same with memorization and, and meditating. And again, these things all bleed into each other. Yeah. And and so even just starting with uh, one chapter, one verse a day, writing it down, and if that's too much, slow down Yeah, and uh, yeah. you'll make progress.
1: Yeah. Just let God and let the Bible do its work in your life. Don't... Mm-hmm make it this big project that you're doing right you, all you're doing is showing up yep and then and then subject yourselves to
0: it let let the
1: word have
0: its way in your life let, yeah let it, its power do this for you that's good showing up is more than half the battle for yeah. almost everything in life it is it is and so that's the encouragement we'd end with great next time we will get into prayer and how to cultivate a effective prayer life. And I'd like to say I have a lot to teach you, but I think I have a lot to learn. And so I'm looking forward to that. Who's going to come to that one? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have something meaningful to say. But uh, until next time, uh, thank you so much, listeners. Uh, Hope this has benefited from you. May you walk in the way of Jesus this week and implement his habits in your life.